Hello and welcome back to the MRX Lab podcast from FLETSMR, where we investigate and explore topics on the fringes of market research. I'm your host, Chris Martin, and today we're going to be talking about critical thinking, a valuable but rarely discussed soft skill that plays a vital role in research. By dictionary definition, critical thinking is the objective analysis and evaluation of information in order to form a judgment. But what exactly that means is fairly contested. A 1999 attempt to determine what elevates critical thinking above other forms of thought uh, laid out three typical features. First, it is done for the purpose of making up one's mind about what to believe or do. Second, the person engaging in the thinking is trying to fulfill standards of adequacy and accuracy appropriate to the topic. And finally, the thinking fulfills the relevant standards to some uh, predetermined threshold level. It's often summed up as goal-directed thinking, although it may not actually have any particular actionable outcome. For the purpose of this discussion, we'll take the view that critical thinking is an internal, rational, sceptical, and unbiased analysis of information. And that might sound an awful lot like researchers already do on a daily basis. Not just market researchers either, but those that work across user experience research, customer experience research, and other areas of the insights industry. So if it's so common, why is it also so rarely discussed? We often brush up against parallel topics, like how to reduce bias, how to read data, how to form conclusions and make recommendations. Yet, despite this, it's not given the same credence as other soft skills like communication, teamwork or leadership. The reasons for why critical thinking is such a sideline skill are not exactly clear-cut, but Let's take a look at a few of the possible contributing factors, and also whether a greater emphasis should be placed on cultivating critical thinking in the insights industry. The first factor is that we already collectively consider it a given. By reducing it to a definition of goal-oriented thinking and skill in drawing conclusions, it's quite easy to arrive at a view of critical thinking as simply the process that researchers must undertake to write reports and make recommendations. In this way, when it's considered a process, it's not considered a skill. And once a process is in place, it's rarely reviewed on a consistent basis like a skill would be. I think we need to make a conscious effort to break away uh, from this idea that critical thinking can be considered a process. Another possibility is that its imprecise definition leads to avoidance. Leadership, teamwork, communication, self-motivation, timekeeping even, and other soft skills are all somewhat objective and all somewhat subjective. But at the end of the day, it's possible to put rough measures in place, that benchmark, with varying degrees of accuracy, how well a person performs in each of those domains. 
but how do you measure the way a person thinks? That's entirely subjective, and to an extent, philosophical. If two people reach different conclusions from the same data, is it clear-cut who is wrong, and does it even matter? To reach different conclusions may show diversity in thinking, or it may show bias. Ultimately, judging another person's ability to think critically is a near-impossible task, so maybe we just find it easier to ignore it altogether. But I'd argue that both of these potential challenges are no reason not to spend more time working on critical thinking skills. Let's switch gears for a bit and look at some of the analysis challenges that the practice attempts to overcome. Firstly, a rejection of trusting your gut. Uh, all too common in business decision making, we will always make initial judgments about data automatically. And worse still, this reaction isn't something that can just be switched off. Instead, throughout analysis, researchers have to consult reflective judgment, shutting out favorability of perspectives that are consistent with their own personal experience. Critical thinking is a foil to this. Second, closed-mindedness. Unlike the inherently biased nature of gut-based decision-making, closed-mindedness refers to an unwillingness uh, to change previously held beliefs or truths. It's easy to point at this and say, we as an industry are not closed-minded. We tend to have quite political and philosophical associations with the term. But you only need to look at how widespread the difficulty many have accepting Pluto's de-designation as a planet uh, can be for an idea of how subtle closed-mindedness um, can be in reality. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Developing the capacity to think more critically provides greater freedom over decision-making and an improved capacity to spot bias. Uh, so are there things we can do to improve the skill? Well, here's a few of the things um, we can do to get started. Ask more basic questions because there's a fine line where the more complex questioning becomes the more difficult it becomes to answer breaking down larger questions into smaller more manageable chunks helps us arrive at simpler and often better answers be aware of our own mental processes and always question assumptions this is vital to identifying and minimizing the influences that of any biases that may affect analysis. Look to outside sources, because while it may seem counterintuitive to look beyond the information we are analyzing, a wide and varied information diet expands viewpoints and provides awareness of previously unknown factors. Deliberately avoid rationalization. Rationalization is the process of uh, finding and highlighting data that only supports a particular belief. Most research projects don't end with a simple, neat conclusion. They're nuanced, messy, and sometimes contradictory. There's often enough data to support nearly any conclusion we want, so it's vital that we follow the information rather than lead it to a specific point. And finally, just talk to more people. The more people and viewpoints we encounter, the broader knowledge base we are able to draw from when developing conclusions. And that 
brings me to the end of today's episode. So, I want to thank you for tuning in to the MRX Lab podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to be notified when we publish new episodes on your favourite podcasting service, and you can check out our show notes at www.fleximar.net. Just head over to the Resource Centre and choose Podcast from the drop-down menu. While we're out of time today, I will see you next time, where we'll be talking about alternative project management practices that aren't agile, specifically whether researchers can make waterfall, Six Sigma and lean processes work for them. <laughs>